When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Uh, so this is the next part of Unit 5. Remember, this is political participation is the overarching theme of Unit 5. And it is a uh, good chunk of your test. 20 to 27 percent of the test comes from Unit 5. So uh, just keep that in mind um, as you're studying and preparing for this thing. So uh, we're going to cover two topics today uh, or in this one, uh, 5.6 and 5.7. And this is the interest group stuff. Um, so just before we jump into that real quick, interest groups um, and political parties, some people will get confused sometimes. And you know, one of the big things uh, and the biggest difference between these things um, is two things. First off, uh, interest groups are very narrow versus political parties that are very broad. OK, when I say that, what I mean is political parties have to be worried about everything. All right. They have to be worried about the economy, about any kind of domestic issues going on. They have to be worried about foreign policy issues, just everything, all right? Interest groups really only have to worry about their one single issue, whatever it might be. Um, <clears throat> and that's that's where they put all their time and effort into, okay? The other thing is <clears throat> the control of the government, all right? Interest groups have no interest in controlling the government. That is, you're, you're never going to see or hear a candidate from some interest group running for office. Now, they might be supported by an interest group, and it's never going to be just them uh, or, or just, hey, I'm from the uh, Sierra Nevada Club and I'm running for president. All right. Um, they don't want to do that. That's not their their goal. Their goal is to influence. We're going to talk about how they influence in a little bit, but that's their that's their goal versus political parties who want to put people in place, you know, in positions, president, Congress, governors, mayors, state legislatures, all those kinds of positions. So they can make decisions that actually run the government. All right. So just keep that in mind uh, when you're thinking about political parties versus interest groups, which you don't really, you don't have, it's like never a competing thing usually, uh, but just to, to make sure everybody's okay. All right. Let's jump into it. So six and seven. So six is interest groups influencing policymaking and then seven groups influencing policy outcomes. So for point six, uh, there's two learning objectives. The first one is to explain the benefits and potential problems of interest group influence on elections and policymaking. And there's two pieces of essential knowledge. First up, interest groups may represent very specific or more general interests and can educate voters and office holders, conduct lobbying, draft legislation, and mobilize membership to apply pressure on and work with legislatures and government agencies. So let's unpack that one first. Um, so going back to what we were saying, Interest groups want to influence, all right? They're, they're not looking to run the government. They want to, to get their issues taken care of by working with people that are already in place, okay? They don't want to put somebody in place that's going to do their stuff. They want someone that is going to work with them. And, um, you know, when they want a piece of legislation kind of voted down, then they have someone they can go talk to. When they want a piece of legislation to be pushed through, they have a person to go talk to. So let's take uh, the, all the stuff that's in here and uh, talk about it very quickly. So 
they can educate voters and office holders. So interest groups uh, are very knowledgeable in their specific areas, okay? Uh, if you go and you sit in at a meeting for an interest group, let's say the NRA, let's say an agricultural group, let's say an environmental group or whatever it might be, they are super knowledgeable. They're experts in their area, all right? And they can drop some knowledge on us as citizens and they can make us aware of issues. They can make us aware of problems uh, within their small little scope. So if you pay attention, you know, you can see sometimes maybe they're protesting something. Maybe uh, they have a website that's dedicated to um, whatever their issue might be. There's a commercial used to show in class for the, it was from the Sierra Nevada club, trying to get people to recognize some of the problems uh, like with the coal industry. And they, they had you know, coal versus wind and, and it was, it was a silly commercial, but you know, they try and educate people through, through commercials, through uh, pamphlets, all kinds of stuff. All right. They can also educate office holders. Now, this is something, you know, people like, oh my God, they, they, they can give stuff like that to the, the people in power. Uh, and yeah, the, these office holders, Congress people basically will build relationships with these interest groups. Okay. And sometimes they are uh, pretty, uh, pretty much the experts in the room when a piece of legislation is coming down the, 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 the legislative uh, lane there. And if there's a hearing that a congressperson is having on a piece of legislation, because remember, it'll go, a piece of legislation gets introduced and it goes to committee. The committee does all the work there. They'll call in experts to, to ask questions of, they'll pose questions. So if a congressperson has a good relationship with an interest group, maybe they call them up and say, hey, I got this piece of legislation. You mind telling me what you think about it? You mind telling me what this means? You mind telling me what you think this is going to do to that industry, that area, that whatever it might be, okay? They might call them in officially so that the whole committee can hear from that expert group. Now, it's not the whole group showing up, but you know, someone from that group would come in and you know sit in a hearing before Congress or committees and and talk about the, the topic and the, and the legislation and the bills and things like that. So they do play that kind of role, okay? Uh, conduct lobbying. So lobbying, remember, is where uh, you're trying to convince Congress people to either kind of do, do certain things. Typically, it's with legislation, all right? Uh, if you're an environmental group and there is a bill that's coming through that you think is going to hurt the environment, you want to try and stop that. And so you might hire a lobbyist or have a lobbyist on call that you say, hey, we really don't like this piece of legislation. And they'll set to work. They're going to go and they're going to talk to the, the Congress people in the, in the committees and talk to them about the bills and try and convince them one way or the other, whatever it might be, to make changes, to kill the bill, uh, to pass it as, as is, whichever, whatever way the interest group wants to go. They're going to try and convince those Congress people. How do they do that? Well, a lot of lobbyists are former politicians themselves, so they have relationships with these Congress people. Um, you know, campaign donations, uh, just good old-fashioned car salesmanship. I mean, just trying to convince people, hey, this is what you need to do with this piece of legislation. You know, lobbying. There's a lot of different facets of lobbying. 
a lot of it has a kind of a negative connotation because when people hear lobbyists, sometimes they think of the, the shady side of it where, you know, here's a $50,000 handshake and things like that. Um, and that, I mean, I'm sure that probably does happen. Uh, I'm not naive enough to think it doesn't. It'd be nice if it didn't. But, uh, you know, lobbyists are pretty regulated and they can get in some pretty serious trouble. And, and Congress people don't want to be seen in the back pockets of, of, of these people either. All right. So it's not something they're going to, to really publicize either. So, uh, all right. They can draft legislation. So interest groups will write up legislation. Remember, really, any, me and you could sit down and write a piece of legislation if we want to. Hey, the school day is too long. Let's make it three hours versus the eight hours that we're here. And we could write up a piece of legislation. Hey, school, school lunch, kids should get an hour for lunch. Let's write that up as a piece of legislation. Now, could we do anything with it beyond writing it up? No, we're going to have to go find a congressman that will support us. Okay. Um, same thing with interest groups. Interest groups write up legislation all the time. And then they got to go find a, a legislature who's willing to sponsor that bill and put it out there uh, for the full House or the full Senate to look at. Mobilize membership to apply pressure on and work with legislatures and government agencies. So whenever something happens that interest groups don't like, and especially the large ones, okay, that have a huge membership, they will send out emails, robocalls, texts, whatever their form of communication is. We don't like what's happening here. You need to contact your congressperson. And if you have you know, 10 million people in your organization and you have 10 million people willing to call, email legislatures, they're going to get the message that, hey, this group doesn't like this. Maybe this bill isn't, isn't worth passing. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, there was talk of banning the daily sports betting, like fantasy sports betting in Georgia. Those two groups, DraftKings and FanDuel, they hired a lobbying group. Uh, and one of the things they did, along with talking to Georgia legislatures, was they sent out emails to everybody in Georgia that had participated in a FanDuel or DraftKings thing. And there was an email where I could just click a button and it had a pre-filled out email. I just had to put in my information so it would go to the right congressperson saying, hey, I support daily draft or daily fantasy betting or whatever it might be. So they're going to get people to contact their congressman. All right, the next one, uh, in addition, the next piece of essential knowledge is in addition to working within party coalitions, interest groups exert influence through longstanding relationships with bureaucratic agencies, congressional committees, and other interest groups. Such relationships are described as iron triangles and issue networks. So we talked about this already, and it's something I, t I tell you in class. Iron triangles pop up a couple times in our standards. So it's like, oh, my God, it's so important. It's probably not that big of a deal but it does show up. So just as a reminder, in case you didn't listen to the other ones that we talked about iron triangles, this is the relationship between the interest groups, the committees or committee members, I should say, and the bureaucratic agencies that are going to, to handle their area. Okay. Uh, in, in class, we did a PowerPoint and uh, one of the images or one of the examples was um, tobacco. So you have the, the tobacco industry, as the interest group. And then you have the agricultural committee members. And I think it was a subcommittee that deals specifically with tobacco stuff. And then you have um, the bureaucratic agency, the Department of Agriculture, that handles a lot of that stuff. Okay, And there's a relationship there between all of them. 
Um, interest groups are going to donate tons of money to those committee members. They're going to be a watchdog of the bureaucratic agencies and make sure that they're enforcing stuff. And they, you know, it's not just a watchdog either. They're going to there's going to be some give and take. They they're going to build a relationship with the bureaucratic agencies as well. Um, you know, because once again, the interest groups tend to be experts. All right, and so the Iron Triangle is just that relationship. Whether it is the committee members uh, working with the budget for the bureaucratic agency. The bureaucratic agency coming to testify before the committee, the committee uh, working with the interest group, I should say committee members, with the interest group, you know, to get pieces of legislation passed or killed or whatever it might be. Uh, it is just that relationship. And then once again, the issue networks, that is just where you add other linkage institutions like the media and things like that. All right. The second learning objective under 5.6 is to explain how variation in types and resources of interest groups affects their ability to influence elections and policymaking. And there's one piece of essential knowledge, and that is interest groups influence may be impacted by, and then there are three bullets. The first one is the inequality of political and economic resources. This is pretty simple to understand. Uh, and that is that there are some interest groups that are larger and exert more influence than others. Okay, so you, you have the big and the small. Some are very rich and powerful. Others don't have as much money, so they don't get to, to exert as much influence. Uh, the second one is unequal access to decision makers. This goes back to that powerful thing versus the, the less powerful. The more powerful you are, the more money you have, the more access you're going to get to some of the policymakers. The less you have, the less you're going to get. And so, you know, if you're a small uh, interest group that doesn't have much money, that doesn't have much membership, you're probably not going to have as much influence over the, the policymakers as a large interest group will. And then finally, the free rider problem. And what the free rider problem is, is the fact that uh, a lot of these groups are working for whatever their issue is and they cannot stop people from enjoying their successes so it would help if everybody was a part of their organization and everybody paid their dues and and did and worked on whatever campaign they're working on okay but not everybody's going to do that and so but they can't stop me let's say an environmental group does something gets a piece of legislation that passed that's going to clean up the air and makes it uh, it's going to like cure your lungs, make your lungs ultra healthier. I don't know, whatever. Okay. It's just whatever. They can't stop me from breathing that air. Even though I didn't pay a single bit to the interest group, even though I didn't work a single bit for the interest group, I did not contact my congressman for the, to get this thing done. I did absolutely nothing other than just sit here. And now I, I get to breathe and enjoy their, their work. Uh, same thing with, with, uh, you know, um, the roads, let's say there's an interest group that, gets all the potholes filled in. They can't stop me from driving on the roads and enjoying that, even though I had nothing to do with their interest group. So the free rider problem is just the fact that they can't stop people from benefiting from some of the things they get done. All right, 5.7 uh, is groups influencing policy outcomes. There's one learning objective and then three pieces of essential knowledge. So the big giant learning objective says to explain how various political actors influence po public policy outcomes. The three pieces of essential knowledge. First off, single-issue groups, ideological social movements, and protest movements form with the goal of impacting society and policymaking. So, you know, think about some of the single-issue groups that are out there. There's a ton of them, you know, like the, the Marijuana Party, all right? They are formed looking to get marijuana legalized. And you can probably think of some other uh, social movements. You can think of some protest movements that are out there that are trying to get and bring changes for whatever they're looking for uh, to the 
the, the greater society. Okay. Uh, competing actors, the second piece of essential knowledge, competing actors such as interest groups, professional organizations, social movements, the military and bureaucrat bureaucratic agencies influence policymaking such as the federal budget process at key stages in the varying degrees. So all those things play a role with the budget because, you know, the biggest one is going to be the military, the bureaucratic agencies. They have budgets, all right, and they are working with Congress. They're working with their committee members to, to get their budget and keep it as you know, as large as they can get it. They want as much money as possible to spend. And so all those different things can play a role uh, in the budgets. You know, you've got the, the, the government groups there, the military, the bureaucratic agencies, but then you've got interest groups, the professional organizations, the social movements that are also going to play a role because they're going to put their two cents in to the committee members. I say, you know, and if they don't like a, a bureaucratic agency, they're, they're going to look to, to try and make the committee members think, hey, this, this group shouldn't be uh, getting as much money and, and so on and so forth. And then finally, elections and political parties are related to major policy shifts or initiatives, occasionally leading to political realignments of voting constituencies. Um, so basically, interest groups do play a role in elections, in political parties. They're going to donate money to both uh, campaign, uh, I mean, to candidates, to parties, all right, to try and get their stuff done. Um, and sometimes they can shift uh, an election because of their, 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 their membership. You know, if it's a huge, giant uh, in, uh, interest group, they have a lot of members, a lot of members that are going to vote, and you know they can blow their weight around a little bit. Um, I know it was in 2016 when Clinton and Trump debated, they would both talk about the endorsements they got from the different interest groups. So it's a big deal for these politicians to get those um, endorsements. All right, guys, I think that is it for interest groups 5.6, 5.7. Uh, as always, make me answer your questions. Either email me, text me, social media me, come find me on campus, whatever you got to do, make me answer your questions. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.